we have a happy God. Do you understand? God is a happy God. He's the creator of happiness. Let's be happy and satisfied in him. And when we study the deep and hard things that that going to hurt, it's good because he heals. You know? And that, and that brings and that brings us to our next point, which is uh, the, just the subject of the show. Be happy and don't worry. Remember the old song, Don't Worry, Be Happy? Don't worry. Bobby McFarland. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Okay, anyway. So anyway, the title of this show, theme of this show is worry. And we're going to hand it off to Rick here because he's our worry expert. He's going to dig us really deep into the scriptures here. Yeah, yeah. I never was an expert, but... Oh, let's see. Anyway, let's go to Scripture. First, let me read you Matthew 6, verse 34. This is our key Scripture for the show. It's all going to come back to this. So, do not worry or be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will have worries and anxieties of its own. Sufficient for each day is its own trouble. Now, this is what worries, sometimes the futurism and the end times madness and what current events are going on. Uh, a lot of people are getting stressed out about these things these lately days. Um, you know, all the new movies that are coming out and the, some Christian authors are coming out with stuff like that and, uh, you know, and selling, actually selling a lot of books doing that and people are buying it up and actually it's making pretty good money, isn't it? But it's all based on worry and fear. Well, you know, one thing that we realize is when we go back to Joshua, you know, the book of Joshua, and we go in chapter 1 there, what does the Lord say to Joshua at all times is, fear not, for I am with you. Always. Doesn't he say that? Right, right John? Yes. Fear, fear not, for I am with you always, always, even unto the end of the age. Yeah, everybody, you know, when you get a chance, well, go right to Joshua. Go right there. And see, how many times, and count how many times the Lord says that to Joshua. And, you know, fear not, Joshua. For I'm with you, you know. Fear not. Don't fear what's going to happen. And look what Joshua did by obeying that and trusting in the Lord. What happened? You know, the walls of Jericho fell down, you know. And and when he forgot, he went to, you know, was it R? What was the name of that? Uh. Uh, other town that he fought where he lost, and then when he trusted the Lord again, he won finally again. You know, when we worry about these things, I mean, this is from the words of Jesus. He says, do not worry or be anxious about tomorrow or anything right now. And if you go through the book of Matthew, through just from the beginning of that, of that context about worry, about what you eat, what you wear, what you drink. Don't worry about those things. So God knows that you have need of these things. And he will provide you regardless of what financial thing, if you're going through the financial bubble of the, you know, economy that's going on right now. If you're going through, you just lost your job. Uh, You know, the things, what else? You know, go ahead and name some, Johnny. Anything else? Like worry. Let's go, you know, if you got anything, shoot, you know, shout it out there. I mean, well, it's your, you know, a lot of these, a lot of people right now are worried. Uh, we got, we got the, we got the History Channel blasting this twenty one twelve thing over and over again. Oh, we got, God. now they've got the this new one I just watched last night called twenty twelve. The new uh, Dumbass effect. 
Yeah. And then we've got, then we've got, uh, then we've got all these guys on coast to coast preaching about their 2012 thing, and then we got George Norrie saying that there's this collective consciousness that he's sensing, where he 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 just senses that everybody's uptight and everybody's worried about something, and they don't know what. And and then, and I, that's not bad enough. You know, I heard it on the um, on the. I listen to Christian channel all the time, KPDQ in Oregon, uh, 800 AM KPDQ, 800 AM, and 93.7 FM, same same station KPDQ. But they had this guy on there. And he, he's a Christian guy. It's not some you know some wild show like the Iron Show. He's you know he's hmm. like one of those straight laced. Uh, I guess we have. Uh, had some technical difficulties. And punched myself out. Yeah, I guess we have some tape rolling, so... There we go. 2012, and you were probably into what this Christian guy from this radio station... Okay, Christian... Okay, so... So anyway, there's this Christian guy from this, uh... From this, uh, uh... Real conservative, uh, radio show. And he was talking about how all these people were worried... He's got this this sense of this sense that the, all all these Christians, you know, that are sending him emails and calling him and writing him letters, all over from all over the world are, are sensing this impending doom that's coming, and they're all on edge, and they they're sensing something's coming, and they don't know what, and they're worried. So that's a that's a big thing we've got here. We've got this. Uh, some kind of a, uh, I hate to say the word collective consciousness, because that's like a new age term. But we yeah, you know, I, I think it's just the same hysteria that has been, there's nothing new under the sun. And so it's just, it's just another uh, Y2K, just like everybody thought 2000, and then 1988, and 2007 was one of them, and, uh, you know. <laughs> like the guys like you, the guys like you, the millenarians who, who gathered on that hillside in 1840, uh, they thought the end was coming, that one guy led them. No, that's, that's the pre-millennial people, I'm not, no, not I'm me. No, that's, yeah. that's the Millerites. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, not millenarians. <laughs> I'm messing with you, dude. I'm messing with you. Uh, I, know. I don't even know what I am. I just know that Christ is coming back, and that's all I know. And I'm, I'm waiting his second coming. And I'm waiting. We can agree on that. Yeah, I'm waiting his personal second coming for me any day now. And he'll go, okay, it, it, your time is up. And then to the center, he'll say, fool, your soul is required of thee. So. After he'll say, come home, Richard, boom, I'm gone, you know, however it's going to happen, as long as it's wonderful and it doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't think but, it'll hurt. Uh, and if it does, well, guess what? It'll be it won't. Over. It'll be over quick. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, we don't, we don't just, you know what, even people that fear pain, I tell yeah. you, you know, Johnny's been through a lot of pain, and guess what? Yeah, it hurts, but it's over. I mean, it doesn't last that long. Yeah, you know, I've probably been yeah. Richard both. We've broken bones and everything else. Probably so. I didn't break a bunch of bones, but maybe worst my wrist once. Worst pain I ever had was losing the end of my finger. I lost my finger. Hard to Yeah. It's hard to pick your nose, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you cannot pick your nose with this finger. Yeah. Picture. It's, I'll put a picture of my stubby finger up on our website and... You'll know that you cannot pick your nose. Well, you could, but the fingernail so twisted and gnarled, you'd end up with blood streaming down your face. 
But if you want to order it, Rick, I'll try to pick your nose with my finger. <laughs> I have a big enough nose, so it probably won't have a problem. But anyway. <laughs> Ram that thing up there and twist it around. I'll get a bugger out of there. We'll get one yeah. out there. So, <laughs> oh, so anyway. with all these things, worry, futurism, end times, madness, current events, what the world is trying to say, what Nostradamus is trying to say, if you go back to the timelines, and if you really go look back in history of what people, you know, feared, like the year 1000 was a trippy one, too, and all these wars of the Crusades and things like that started happening, 1100 happened, and, you know, during Second Thessalonians and First Thessalonians, you'll see that even, you know, the Thessalonians were worried about that, like, oh, did he come, or, you know, all this stuff, and Paul says, no, it's not like that, you know? And uh, you have to read it for yourself and kind of read it and keep it in context and, you know, and watch out because a lot of people don't understand what Thessalonians truly means. Uh, they have a hard time with it, but it's not, you know, what our future is happening every minute we take a breath. This is our future. We're in the present. We're not in the future. And what is to come and what you're worried about and what, what, uh, our government's doing now, if you're an American, here's, we got Obama, and we got a socialistic government coming in, and we actually sort of, they're trying their best to slam all these bills through so they can hurry up and make it like Hugo Chavez, Venezuela, if, if you know, that's the fear, you know. But we got that's these, another fear we've got as America. Yeah. You know, I mean, look at what Obama's doing. He's now the first time a president ever is trying to be a, a chair in the U.N. When Wait a minute. You... You're an American president. You have none, no business there. You send, a, you send your cronies there, and you let them deal with that. But we are a sovereign nation. And, yeah, Obama's overstepping. They're all overstepping their power, and they are, they are basically using the U.S. Constitution as toilet paper. But that's, as we see now, you know, and that's contrary to what we see. The, of course, the media is not reporting it, really. Maybe Fox Media is the only one that's reporting it. But, uh, and then we... Then we've got then we've got um, then we've got all these stories of of uh, bring them bringing home troops and training them to to stand up against the American public in the case of a uh, untold emergency in case of martial law they're bringing in more and more and more troops yeah and they're talking about it they're talking heads on CNN and FEMA about it freely. And there's other people saying stuff like that. You know, there's the indoctrination of our children in this, in this book called Stuff, or this, this uh, new thing in the public schools called Stuff, and it's by the Tides Organization, which this Tides Organization, you know, uh, you know, is the ones that are actually feeding into corruption, like ACORN and uh, the SEIU, if you know, if you're familiar with that. You know, we got all these things happening right now that it is no yeah, wonder that people are really negative. You know, they're, they're worried, they're like, What's going about on? The internment, how about the internment camps they've been yeah, the building the, for the last the 10 years? The, yeah. The camps. Yeah. Those are scary, too, and people are scared about those. That's another thing that's causing a lot of... And what, about, what about the coffins? <laughs> yeah, what the about coffins? all the body bags they've been buying? And actually, that yeah. Stocking so, up on. That's another thing that's got people really worried. Yeah. <laughs> people so, you know, worried. they tell you the truth. You know, and there's a lot of things. Even a lot of Christians are, you know, but these things, all these little things that we see, there is, a Christian is not paranoid. 
period. No, no. And uh, we as Christians, these things, all these, I mean, what did Peter say? Don't look at these things as strange. You know, like, like you know, and Solomon's like, yeah, like I said, there is nothing new under the sun. They're just, you know, these sinful people, the wicked, do the same things over and over again. They're, they're insane. They're exactly what Einstein said. They do over things over and over again and expect different results, you know. And like, like we have talked before on the Iron Show, history repeats itself. Mostly, because sin is ever living in that death cycle. These people are doing the same thing over and over again, and we Christians are persecuted, you know, any way, uh, you know, the world, the flesh, the devil. We have a lot of freedom in the United States, but you think yeah. about around the world, there's terrible yeah. persecution going but on, you know. We got it all kinds. Of, the, even the, the persecuted people over there say we're persecuted by every advertisement, everything that we see on TV. And we have a spiritual persecution going here that's even just as bad as them over there. Some people said they'd rather be over there than have to see all this, you know, temptation at the malls, the way the women dress when you walk down the street. I know. <laughs> people blasting out their cars, curse words. Uh, I know. <laughs> I mean, there's a different type of persecution here. And there it is, is, a, it is a sort of a spiritual persecution, like a temptation, like you say, that's really... Oh, yeah. Really that's in your face every day you have to deal with it. And that's why we go back to John. You know, John in First John, uh, John 2, what do you say? The world of flesh and the devil? So we got the world first, we got flesh, our flesh second, then we got the devil. So we got all three things happening, which I call the three sixes. So, you know, they all have their part of six. World, six, the flesh, six, you know, because man's number is six because we were created on the sixth day. And you got the devil who is, he is, what my friend Jeff Matthew calls Allah, you know? So, uh, who is Allah, of course? Of course, he's behind it anyway, and God's allowing that to happen, of course, because I do believe in a sovereign God who's already going, well, it's already been written out, and it's already done, because he's the author and finisher of our faith, isn't he? So Yeah, God sits outside time and sees the parade as it goes from the beginning to the end. He sits at the beginning of the parade at the end, and the end of the parade, and sees the whole thing, you know, it's a, his concept of time is totally different than ours, and he, he knows the beginning from the end. He created the beginning and the end. <laughs> so, yeah, he is. He says, I am the Alpha Omega, the A to, or the, I like the Aleph and the, and the Tau, you know, which is the, the Aramaic version. I like that, the Aleph and the Tau, which is the A and Z. You know, the Alpha Omega, the Aleph and the Tau. I love that. That's even, oh, that's yeah. even I like that because I have an Aramaic Bible that I, I, that's my favorite Bible right now I've been using and it's actually, I'm marking all over in it because I love it, but man, uh, yeah, Jesus worried. was Aramaic, that was, that's the language he spoke. I think he also could, could speak Greek. I'm sure he Oh, could. of course they did. They spoke Greek, they spoke, and, uh, and he spoke Hebrew, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, and he spoke Hebrew and they, they spoke all three languages there. They had to. And, you he know, he was, so it was God, said he probably spoke English, he, he was God, so he probably even spoke English once in a while, even though it hadn't been invented for another 500 years. Yeah. You know, well, he invented all the he probably 100,000 said, languages. He probably How many languages, Peter? What's up? You know, what's they say up? there's 16,000 languages what? or something? They say there's 16,000 languages? <laughs> he knew them all. I'm sure of he knew them all. 
Yeah, he's the one that came down and said, "I will let's, let us go down and divide the people," and then he divided the languages. So, yes, that's why did. that's during Peleg's time, everybody. So, what happened in division was just the languages. It was the continents, the continental shifts, and you know how are we're separated in the waters. You know that's Peleg's time. But anyway, worry. Time of Peleg. Peleg means after the division or division or after the. After or the after fall. the visit. But he was during that time of that 300 year marriage. He lived a long time. Still. But all those... they all did. Nimrod himself must have lived 500 years because his, his first cousin, who was the same, same age as him, same generation, lived 560 years. And yeah, he had to have. That's where they get the Titans from. So, uh, right. All oh, the antediluvians. But anyway, we got it. Like I said, uh, like, knowing them. Worry. So when we come back to worry, though, do not be anxious about tomorrow, you know? And I get for tomorrow has its worries of its own, you know? And it's, today is sufficient, you know? Today is sufficient. I like the King James. Or so. King James says it differently, but I, and I like the way it says it. It says for the, the day is, the evil of the day is sufficient unto itself. Yeah, Being there you go. Tomorrow's bad enough. What it means is, basically, what that means is, Tomorrow's bad enough without you worrying and making everything even worse. So that's what that yeah, means. You know, I mean, like you, said, you worry, you know, and who, who by worrying can add a single day to their life? And that's when we go in the next verses down in, uh, in, you know, in that verse, in chapter six, he goes down and all these things that we tend to worry about. You know, um, you know. It also says in John, these things I have spoken unto you, that ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. This is the King James. And he says again, in 14, uh, before he told them in, in John 14, peace I leave unto you. My peace I give unto you. It is in us now. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let your heart let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. So, what is you worried about? What's to come, Christian? What are you worried about? What you know? And why are you living like that? Are we called to live like that? Are we called to be doers of the word, regardless of what situation? You know. Amen. That, that no, Paul said in First Thessalonians, here we go, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. You know, and as the apostles, all the apostles agreed that confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in faith, in the faith, and that we must go through much tribulation to enter the kingdom of God. So worrying about it, if these things are happening and this is our future, your future is not here yet. We're living each day now, and no matter what we're seeing in the news and what we're reading about or what we're hearing about, uh, these are, this is not how we are supposed to live at all, and, and not even to concentrate on. We're going to concentrate on Christ and Christ alone. We're going to concentrate on as, as our great commission and uh, and being doers of the word. And, uh, you know, you know, and as we do, and not worry, so we can live boldly, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what shall man do unto me. And that's Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. 
You know? Yeah, because and, uh, God, the man can kill the body, but only God can kill your soul. And that's what you want to be. You want to be afraid of somebody. Be afraid of God. You know, I mean, you shouldn't be afraid of God either. You're supposed to just respect Him. Fear of the Lord means the means the respect and the um and the also, it, it does mean reverence, though, because He, you know, fear the Lord only. He's the only one yeah. that, that can kill you and throw right. you into the flames. Amen. You know? Like you come back to that verse. No matter what. You're in God's hands either way, whether you're going to heaven, whether you're going to hell. The Bible says to work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. That's Philippians right there, the book of Philippians. And that that doesn't mean you're supposed to be afraid of God. It just supposed to mean you're supposed to take it pretty seriously, you know, what your commission is as a a believer. You're supposed to take that seriously. Yeah. You don't work you don't work out your own salvation like that it's on your it's on you because that's a free gift and Jesus has given you your salvation, but you're supposed to work out your own salvation as far as you're supposed to decide now figure out what you're supposed to do. What's what now what you're well, no, supposed to do. Remember God has given you a new gift. Well, so working out your that's salvation that's is just being a doer. That's what I'm saying. That's what I that's what I'm saying. Right. Bearing fruit. I didn't say that. I didn't say yeah. that. Yeah, he said that. <laughs> I'm just helping it. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm no, one, one, hey, I jumped on. on the wave bra. I jumped on the wave bra. You know, I was jumping in. I was, I was dropping in on your bra. Who are you jumping on? That one okay. So yeah, and you know, like I said, to all you people that have confidence, don't. Even if this stuff is occurred, you, you know, you know, we do see the Antichrist, which we're seeing them now anyway. We just had the, we saw all the Antichrist that you knew in. We saw a bunch of them, didn't we? You know, and there's uh, a bunch of the spirit of the Antichrist is just all over. Yeah, and John said there are many. So we, you know, whatever this world big huge dictator, last dictator. They say the last dictator will be the Antichrist. But we don't know exactly. We think that we know what he's going to be like. But I'll tell you what, we don't. We don't. We just know that I guess I guess the best example and the closest uh, thing that ever, writings that ever came close to us, and I right now I'll state this, that this is what I believe for now, is Hippolytus' Christ, Treaties on Christ and Antichrist. And I think that's the best I've ever written. So, or written, I mean read. That was ever written that I read. And then Irenaeus's, Irenaeus's, uh, Against Heresies, Book 5, they explained it, and it actually made me relax. I was like, okay, fine, good. If we meet him one day, we're already in, in the beast system, so we've been in the beast like system for a century. Go ahead. To, to the Stop in, Church Fathers. I'd like to ask my modern guy, Peter Goodgame, you want to know who the Antichrist is, read the Giza and Discovery. Ask Peter Goodgame. He knows who the Antichrist is. He's got a pretty good layout for what to look for. So Another Antichrist, dude. And like Jeff, Jeff from Prophecy Code, too, he has his uh, uh, eschatological idea, but they basically all probably agree, you know, because they're kind of the same. When he, we're going to know him when we see him because the Bible says that um, – that we're going to think he's Jesus. And right now, and I would really, say... And, and when you see somebody on earth that you really are convinced that he's Jesus, watch out, because that's not him, because Jesus is coming in the clouds. He's coming in like lightning flashes from the east to the west. So, yeah, so I'd say my... the son of man be. But, but anyway, Kickley had an idea that 
you know, it was a pretty cool idea. I'm going off the track a little bit. A long time ago, we were talking, and we were, you know, we were talking about this thing called HARP. You know, H-A-R, you know, remember that? You know about that, Johnny? HARP? You know, you mean up in Alaska? You know, Tesla, who created, they say he created HARP, and it's that, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a sound that wave. That's Canada Ray up in Alaska where they're blasting the, uh, blasting the stratosphere with massive amounts of, uh, radio energy. Yeah, and other stuff like that, and, don't you know what you're talking about? Yeah, I guess, yeah, this is that. You can just look it on, on look up HARP, H-A-A-R-P. I know what the name of it is, and I can't think of it, so somebody can help me on that. I know. It's HARP. Right. It's, a, so, it's an antenna array in Alaska, yeah. and the U.S. government is blasting the, uh, blasting the stratosphere with massive amounts of radio energy. And, yeah, this is the stuff I like. Me too. Yeah, me too. Uh, there's a guy, Nick Begich. If you ever want to look up Nick Begich, and I'm not sure how to spell his last name, but he yeah. wrote the book Angels. Angels don't play this harp, and you can yeah. learn all about it there. If yeah, you know. that's that's yeah, that's the same book. But anyway, so he he came up with like something they're going to shoot this thing in the sky, right? You know, and it's going to be like a movie screen, you know, and then they're going to do the harp thing, and it's going to project all these, you know. Uh, oh no 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 no! You're thinking about blue. You're thinking about Blu-ray. Blue beam, blue beam technology where they're gonna where they're gonna project this stuff in the sky and they're gonna simulate an alien attack and and the Antichrist is gonna save us from the aliens. No, it's something like that. There was some crazy stuff. I thought that was pretty good. I thought that was pretty good. You know, that's that's sci-fi. I was like, man, that's actually pretty good. I mean, somebody should be writing stuff like that about that. You know, make a movie out of it. You know, but. You know, all in all, that like I said, whatever the worry is about what happening if we're going to be thrown in a FEMA camp, you know, or if you know America's going to turn into that third world country and we're going to start, they're going to start persecuting us. I mean, actually, I actually not seeing that now because on the other note, besides all the negative, I see that uh, a lot of the states are coming back to uh, pro life and they're starting to see that it is, you know, abortion is wrong. And I just read that today and. Uh, and uh, it was on, uh, let me see the name of that. It's, uh, let me look it up on the Internet. It's amazing how, how all these groups that want to save the whales, save the seals, and save the forests don't want to save the poor little humans. Yeah. What is Same that? Thing. Like, sooner or later it's going to come to them. that, And I guess it is now. It's going to occur to them that, wait a minute, how about save the humans? You know? Yeah, and uh, all these things that are, you know are happening. See, where was I at? Let's see. Oh, worry. We're talking about. We went off on a tangent, but I want. Yeah. I want. I want to. I want to pull out a thought. Right. I put out a thought. Yeah, put out a thought. All right. Um, there's this, one of my favorite um, Christians that ever lived. He's dead now. He died in 1999. Father Malachi Martin was a Jesuit priest, ex-Jesuit priest. And he was the most famous exorcist that ever predicted all the, He predicted every single pope, right? No, not him. He didn't do that. No, 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 no. He was just an old exorcist. And uh, he uh, he wrote the book Hostage to the Devil, and it, it, it accounted some of his exorcisms that he performed. He was the greatest exorcist that ever lived, the most famous. A lot of these people, when I say Malachi Martin, you know exactly who I'm talking about. But anyway, he said that he was scared one time. He had uh, He had... Been involved with exorcisms for 
for a while, and he was getting kind of scared, you know, real scared, and he couldn't sleep at night. And uh, he, he talked to an old ancient exorcist, and the, the man told him, he said, okay, he said, okay, um, he says, but, but measure, he goes, learn to measure your love of God by the amount of fear in your heart. And uh, that always kind of just rang a bell with me. I thought, you know, you know, these people out there, you're worried and stuff. Think about that. Learn to measure your fear. Learn to measure your love of God by the amount of fear that's in your heart. Because the more you love God, the less you're going to fear. Because the more you're going to trust God, you know, you're not going to worry. It's going to be a holy fear. Well, what I'm saying is is that the more you love God, the less you're going to fear the things of the world. Yeah, it's going to be a holy fear when you love God. Right. Well, that's what you're worried about. When you're worried, you're worried about the things of the world. And the more you love God, the the less you worry about the things of the world. Because the world kind of falls away, you know. Kind of falls away. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, having a holy fear is falling in love with God, because that holy fear is not a fear that you know. It's not a frightened fear. It is a, a revered fear, just like you know you did for your your father when he spanked you. You know. No, you you missed my point. You. you missed you missed my point, Rick. You missed my point. What what what, what Father Martin was saying was that he was afraid. He was afraid of the demons. He was afraid of things in the world. He was afraid of worldly things and spiritual things. And this ancient exorcist said, learn to measure the love of God by the love of fear in your heart. He wasn't talking about godly fear. He was talking about, think about how much you're afraid and then measure that against how much you love God. The more you're afraid, the less you love God. The less you're afraid, the more you love God. The more you love God, the less you're afraid. Hmm. I don't know. What? I said, I, I don't, don't know. You don't know? <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I don't know. Like Emily Latella from uh, Saturday Night Live said, never mind. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> never mind. No. Um, I started thinking about that one. Like, loving God. Let's talk about holier. Do you think you'll fear less the more you love God, the more you'll have you'll have less fear of the world? Oh, of course. That's true. Well, then yeah. why did you disagree with me? I was not sure. I just had to think about it for a minute. I was oh, trying to get it. <laughs> I got off track. I was thinking. So now it's your, well, now that's your, whole, turn, that's now whole, your turn to play Emily Latella. Say it. Say it. Never mind. Anyway. Um... No, I was thinking. I was thinking. Well, that's the same as holy fear. I thought holy fear is the same thing as you love more of God. It's a holy fear because the reverence you have is the love you have for Him as well. That's true. The more you fear God, the less you'll fear the world. But see, like, but as for me, like in Psalm five seven, it says that as for me, I will come into the house and thy multitude of thy mercy. And in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Amen. And the, then Pro, Proverbs 9.10 says, Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And Amen. the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So that's why I was thinking, well, we'll see. Um, that's good. But when he, Isaiah 29.23 says, But when he seeth his children, the work of mine hands in the midst of him, they shall sanctify my name and sanctify the Holy One of Jacob, and shall fear the God of Israel. 
And uh, as we go on, but while he's saying this, let's see. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord? This is Revelation 15:4. And glorify thy name, for thou art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. So, um, and glorify thy name. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord? And glorify thy name. Hmm. So maybe Father Martin was saying that. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he was quoting though. He was. Yeah, he was quoting an old exorcist who. Basically saying, you know, learn to learn to love God more and you'll know, fear less is basically the, the message there. Yeah. But uh anybody who uh well, we may fully say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what what shall man do unto me or anything Amen. else. So Amen. So Amen, you know. But think the, about this think about this verse real quick. Let me let me throw in, just to throw one out there, not to just say what we just said. But this is a quote right verse. On. This is Matthew ten thirty three through thirty nine. Think not that I came in that I come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter in law against her mother in law. And a man's foe shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Isn't that trippy? Yeah, it really is. And it's really... <laughs> It's true on a, on a, it's been true in my life, you know, of course, yeah. my mom and dad, they just, they, they turned right against me. Now, they were atheists, they just pretty much hated me, I, they kind of disowned me. Until the last, until my, until, oh, probably 20 years later, or 15 years later, when my mama was on her deathbed, she was dying, she had about four hours to go, and, and I was holding her hand, and sitting there, and, and, uh, I said, uh, so, Mama, you believe in Jesus now, don't you? And she shook her head, yeah, really hard. And I go, you see him, don't you? And she shook her head really hard. <laughs> I said, don't worry, Mama. Do you believe now? I said, I told her the parable of the parable of the the uh, the vineyard, which um, I can't really recite it word for word, but probably Richard could look it up. But Jesus said that um, the kingdom of heaven is like a is like a vineyard owner. Uh, uh, some workers came early in the day. They started out really early in the day, and they um, they 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 picked in, uh, picked all day. And some workers came in around the midday, around noon, and picked. And um, some workers came in just before just before uh, the horn blew at the end of the day, and they picked a little bit, and they all got paid the same. And uh, you know the the ones that. The, the ones that started early in the day and at noon were complaining, saying, hey, you know, you paid them the same as you paid us. And, you know, the vineyard owner said, be quiet, you know. Uh, I told you I was going to pay you a day's wages, and you got paid. So shut up, basically. <laughs> so And then basically he also said to them, just to kind of scold them, he says, if I'm generous to my mother, what is that to you? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the exclamation point. I went, ooh, that hurts. <laughs> All right, Lord. Thank you. You know, 
yeah, that's true. It's like, oh, well, you know, you got to just um, be grateful for what you've got, you know. Grateful for what you, you know. And, you know, like I said, yeah, we don't, should not, like I said, we should not have to worry about, you know, I, I sometimes ponder this, you know, death, you know, just like what you're talking about, Johnny. I sometimes think about that. That is like one thing out of everything else that I think of is, you know, uh, not saying I'm not confident that when I die, I'm going to st- be with the church in heaven that's going on right now, which is going to be amazing to go. But that one part about it is just that that one moment that, that I do have fear of that one moment. And what Jesus says, do not fear, you know, that's what we shouldn't fear. But sometimes I think of, I, I kind of dwell on that a little bit sometimes. And I go, well, wow, you know, I can't even imagine. I, you, you know, that comes out. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Anyway, well, I was to say, you <laughs> listeners out there that, um, <laughs> sorry about that, being <laughs> Okay. Go I was to say, you listeners out there, you go, go to the Iron Show and, uh, click on the, on the, on the top under the logo, there's a, uh, little link that says other. It's on, in the artwork, it says other. You click on that. And actually, it's the handle of the sword on the right. It says other. And you click on that, and it takes you to, um, I put some song, some of my songs that I wrote and recorded up, uh, up there just for the heck of it. Anyway, one of them is called Empty Room. And if you listen to the lyrics, it might, you might not really understand them, but it's just exactly what Richard's talking about. It's, it's being all alone in an empty room when you're dying. I wrote the song about the last, that last moment when I'm I'm dying and I'm all alone in an empty room, and it's even though there's people all around you, probably when I'm dying there'll be people all around me. But right then, at that last moment, it's just you and Jesus, you know. And that's what that song's about. It's just what Richard is talking about. That last moment, you know, we fear the we fear that transition. I think you know a lot of us do. Yeah, I think God it scares me a little. It, yeah, of course we all know because we really haven't been through that. And, uh, you know, uh, of course, some of so the, in the never... 70s, in the 70s, I had some really bad head rushes that, uh, were kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Uh-oh. Dude, you know, I'm gonna you know what I'm die. About? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I've you had a really there. bad head rush where you passed <laughs> out completely. The whole world just went, mmm, when you're gone, you're, like, dead, and then you came back. You ever had that Ugh. happen? <clears throat> I've had things like that happen, yeah, I could say. You know, it's that scared like, the I crap it's out of me. Like, I bet it's kind of like that. I bet it's kind of like that. You ever passed out? Sure. Yeah, it's kind of like that. I bet you ever seen the world just go, Ooh. you ever been hit? You ever been uh, going into surgery and injected with sodium pentothal? And then you count backwards, you go five, four. No, the never been world, that. But, oh, the whole world just goes, and you're just gone. Wow, that's just like somebody turn off the, you know, quick, the, you know, turn off the TV. You know, exactly like that. Where it all, it all goes into a little dot, like the old-fashioned TVs, you know. They have that dot yeah. linger, you know, in the middle of the TV. It's just like that, exactly like yeah. that. That's probably that really, what Ryan's like, you know, except for nothing when you die, except for without quite happening, except for except for when it's nothing, instead of nothing, you'll have Jesus there. You know, the thing that I, I take with uh, the Westminster's Confession, which is, uh, oops, let me go 
get to the uh, actual. There we go. There we go. It's uh, Westminster Confession, which is it's basically called Chapter Thirty Two of the State of Man After Death and the Resurrection of the Dead. Here's what Scripture basically says: that the bodies of men after death return to dust and see corruption, but the soul, but their souls, which neither die nor sleep, <clears throat> having an immortal substance, immediately return to God who gave them. The souls of the righteous, being then made perfect in holiness, are received into the highest heavens, where they behold the face of God in light and glory, wait for the full redemption of their bodies. And the souls of the wicked are cast into hell, where they remain in torments and utter darkness, reserved to the judgment of the great day. Besides these two places where souls separated from their bodies, the scripture acknowledges none. At the last day, such are our fellow alive shall not die, but be changed. And all the dead shall be raised up with the self-same bodies, and none other, although with different qualities, which shall be united again to their souls forever. The bodies of the just shall, by the power of Christ, be raised to dishonor. The bodies of the just by his spirit unto honor, and be made conformable to his own glorious body. So, that's what basically... The apostles and the Puritans and the reformers actually wrote and said, "This is what Scripture says." Which there are you know, scriptures. You talk about. You uh, talk about. I mean, if you talk about trying to try to realize that in technical terms or in realistic terms, you know, here and now or whatever. Um, you know, look at Jesus when he returned. Um, he was corporeal. He had substance. He had an actual body. Um, he was fully God and fully man. He went. He could go through walls, though, couldn't he? Didn't he go through a wall? Well, they said he disappeared. They didn't, nobody knew where he went. So you know, I thought he went through the wall. Yeah. Oh, when he, he did, when he, resur- when he resurrected, yeah. That's what I'm saying. He after he resurrected and came back, even before, <laughs> even before they, he disappeared out of people's sight, and they didn't know where he went. You know, it's like, uh, wait, where did he go? <laughs> but you know, but he was fully. Oh, God, I guess fully he could do anything he wanted. <laughs> God was fully human, and, and Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is Jesus. I'm talking son. about his resurrected body when he came back after he resurrected. Oh, that too. It's he had like a solid sin. body. He had a solid body. It oh, was a body. organs, you know, heart pumping. And he could, and he could everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, you know, that's probably our resurrected bodies are probably actually real, actual bodies, like wisps of, wisps of ghostly things floating around, flying around. It's going to be like that. I mean, we, we're pretty sure it's going to be like that, right, Rick? Well, no, because Jesus... Here, here's the amazing thing that people... I don't know if anybody trips out on this. Like, I, I, I bet they do. I just don't... I haven't heard anybody as much, except, you know, people that I surround myself with. Uh, we all trip out with that, uh, which is the round table that I belong to, to let everybody know. Yeah, I sit around and we study the real hard truths, like especially like these confessions. We really go through it and really ponder just the fascination of of salvation and this whole thing. And it's the thing that amazes me the most is God Himself in Christ took on a human body, and for us, when He did not have to one bit, not one bit at all. For no reason at all, but just because of his glory and who he is, he took on a form 
a human form. And he's going to be Jesus. He's going to be like that with us forever. You know? Amen. Can you, can you imagine that? That God took on a form, a human form, the spirit. When our creator did not creator have the known he, universe. He did he not. Man. He, he does not have to do this at all. He was happy without even creating us. He was yeah. content. He created because of his glory. It's just, in his glory. It's, just, it's his nature. And on top of all that, when you try to expand your mind on how glorious God really is, to top this all off, knowing who his being is, that he took on a form forever. And you think about it, I mean, it's from the beginning, you know, before the flood. I mean, he, he looked down at mankind and it grieved him in it. He, it grieved God that he had created man on the earth. Well, but you know, no, it says that. Yeah, it says that, but besides all it that. It grieved him that he had created man on the earth, and even so, he became Yeah, but besides man. all that, imagine the thought, though, that I'm God saying, himself I'm saying, though, even though us, it grieved him, even though it, it grieved him that he created us, he still became a man for us. Well, it, he, he already had that plan. And, but he took on that no, form. To okay. be with us forever. That's the thing. It's nothing nothing besides what it grieves him or nothing, that he still took that's on a I mean. form and it's gonna be with us forever. That's but that's, that's that's the thought. That's the that's thought. That's thought. what I'm saying. That is the and most amazing that's, that's the most amazing thing. Besides even the grieving besides all the other stuff, just that alone, you know, is amazing. Is that Oh yes. No matter, even if we weren't, he did that for us. We must be we must awfully special. We must be awfully special. Huh? God, do that. Well, first of all, God loves his son and holds his word higher than them and is glorified in his son and the son is glorified in the father. We're about fourth, dude. <laughs> We're about, humans are about fourth. You know, and then right. angels are about five, you know. And yeah. uh, so you think, yeah, true. Still, we are, we are right. Just because it's his nature. That's what's amazing to me. Michael S. Heiser uh, did a lecture, and one of the things that he said was, he goes, he goes that um, the, the, the spirits of human are Elohim, and there's no distinction between God and us, as far as he can tell, which puts us right as, like you say, number fourth rank. God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and us are number four in that uh, in the succession. And then everything else is below us. The cherubim, the seraphim, the uh, powers, the principalities. One of the ancient church fathers had a uh, list of all the heavenly hosts and he had he had us he had us in the right spot, and then he had all there was like there was like twenty five ranks of heavenly beings and uh, powers and principalities were up up in there pretty high and then there was a seraphim and cherubim and I don't man I wish I could find that again because it was one of those like Tertullian or or uh, one of those guys did that. How would he know that? How would he know that? Would God reveal something like that to him, or 
Because if it's in his word, that would be it. It has to be through his word. That's the only way God reveals. He doesn't step uh, outside of his word. Do you get that from the Bible? Could you actually get all those ranks of angels? Or a um, kind of angels? Isaiah, Isaiah kind of, and Ezekiel kind of talk about, uh, you know, the cherubim. You know, cherubim is said from, you know, and, you know, archangels. Uh, they, they name them. In Isaiah names them and says what they are. You can go through there and take out. Pick that out of scripture. Yeah, but it did, like I said, yeah, in scripture, but, you know, it gives us just the basics, you know, about angels. Like, I, I keep, that's why, that's why I'm glad that the confessions were written because it kind of, it brings us back, it keeps everything right in biblical perspectives about, uh, of creation, of God's eternal decree in, in creation. And, like, uh, for both of us, of God's eternal decree, that's uh, chapter 3 of the Westminster Confessions. God, from all eternity, did by the most wise and holy counsel of his own will, freely and unchangeably ordained whatsoever comes to pass. Yet so, as thereby neither is God the author of sin, nor is violence offered to the will of creatures, nor is the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away, but rather established. Although God knows whatsoever may or can come to pass upon all supposed conditions, yet he has not decreed anything because he foresaw the future, nor as that which would come to pass upon such conditions. By the decree of God, for the manifestation of his glory, some men and angels are predestinated unto everlasting life, and others foreordained to everlasting death. <clears throat> which kind of sums it up. These angels and men thus predestined and foreordained are particularly and unchangeably designed, and their numbers so certain and definite that it cannot be either increased or diminished. Those are mankind that are predestined unto life, God, before the foundation of the world was laid according to his eternal and immutable purpose, and the secret counsel and good pleasure of his will has chosen in Christ unto everlasting glory, out of his mere free grace and love, without any foresight of faith or good works, or perseverance in either of them, or any other thing in the creature as condition or causes, moving him thereunto, and all to the praise of his glorious grace. Now, this is, here, this sums it up. As God appointed the elect unto glory, so as he, by eternal and most free purpose of his will, foreordained all the means thereunto. Wherefore, they who are elected, being fallen in Adam, are redeemed by Christ are effectually called unto faith in Christ by his spirit working in due season, are justified, adopted, sanctified, and kept by his power through faith unto salvation. Neither are there any other redeemed by Christ, effectually called, justified, adopted, sanctified, and saved, but the elect only. The rest of mankind, God was pleased according to the unsearchable counsel of his own will, whereby he extends or withholds mercy as he pleases, for the glory of his sovereign power over his creatures, to pass by and to ordain them to dishonor and wrath for their sin, to the praise of his glorious justice. The doctrine of this high mystery of predestination is to be handled with special prudence and care, that men, attending the will of God revealed in his word, and yielding obedience thereunto, may from the certainty of their effectual vocation be assured of their eternal election. So shall this doctrine afford matter of praise, reverence, and admiration of God, and of humility, diligence, and abundant consolation to all that is sincerely 
Do all that sincerely obey the gospel? Whew! What do you think that, about that? That's hardcore, man. Dude, that is that's just... Some... Dude, I mean, I can... I, I've read this so many times, and I still become beside myself when I read this stuff. This is only chapter 3. So, you know, it goes to, it goes from, you know, from a, a holy scripture of God and the holy trinity. Um, I have, I think we, you know, I, if, you know, if we don't want it, we can put this on the iron show. I'll, I'll give it to you so you can put it on there. And it's just, that's all it is. It's just all questions and answers. What we believe. And that's it. What do we believe? And here I check myself. Like when I study scripture, I go back to this. And this has the scriptures with it. So all this that I'm reading now has all the scriptures with it. Like I have, I have the book of it. And, uh, with all the scriptures that go to each question. And this is what, you know, it says what we believe. Like, what is the, your comfort in death and life? What's, you know, all these, they call it the catechisms. Not Roman Catholic. This is, this is, they call it because it means questions and answers. And man, what beautiful, you know, the communion of saints, everything about us. And like, you know, Mike, Michael Harris has probably got probably just as deep when he read the eternal decree that we goes about angels. He even has questions about angels, who angels are. Um, it goes to questions about us and our afterlife again, the last judgment for everybody to hear in world, uh, world prophecy. Again, remember, this was written in 1600s, and this was a council of people, another council. But these were a council of people that were reformed that went, whoa, we got out of the apostasy. Because nobody got, you know, you can remember, people were oppressed and they weren't allowed to read the Bible unless a priest read it to them. And they weren't free to learn from the words of God by which that's our owner's manual. That's our love book. That's what we need. That's how we can live. That's what our instructions, you know, that's Psalm 1, loving God's law, you know, and meditating on it day and night. And they took that freedom away during that time because, you know, for the reasons of God that God only knows. But, you know, would you like to hear this one, Johnny? Sure. The Last Judgment. Check this out. This, this, this totally changed my points of view of everything. So God has appointed a day. This is the last, last of the last. This is like Revelations for the confessions, but this is all based on Revelations and all the prophets, by the way. God has appointed a day when he will judge the world in righteousness by Jesus Christ, to whom all power and judgment is given of the Father, in which day... Not only the apostate angels shall be judged, but likewise all persons that have lived upon earth shall appear before the tribunal of Christ to give an account of their thoughts, words, and deeds, and to receive according to what they have done in the body, whether good or evil. The end of God's appointing day is for the manifestation of his glory of his mercy, of the glory of his mercy, sorry, and the external salvation of the elect and of his justice, and the damnation of the reprobate, who are wicked and disobedient. For then shall the righteous go into everlasting life, and receive that fullness of joy and refreshing, which shall come from the presence of the Lord. But the wicked who know not God, and obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ, shall be cast into eternal torment, and be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord, and from the glory of his power. As Christ would have us to be certainly persuaded that there shall be a day of judgment, both to deter all men from sin 
and for the greater consolation of the godly in their adversity. So will he have that day unknown to men that they may shake off all carnal security and be always watchful because they know not at what hour the Lord will come and may ever be prepared to say, Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen. And that's the last of, like going through this, that, again, from that, knowing who Christ is, taking on that form for us forever, knowing that he is our helper, the Lord is my helper, you know? Whom shall I fear? What shall I fear? You know? Anything. What shall I worry about? What should I be anxious about? Which, this is very hard for us, isn't it, Johnny? Yeah, you know, the only thing that I'm afraid of is pain. And I know and I've been in some painful, I've been in some physical pain where I just ask Jesus to take it, take it away from me. He doesn't make it, he makes it bearable, you know. Uh, he said he give, he'll give you things that you, you know, he won't tempt you. Well, I don't think he'll let you go through that you cannot handle. I know he'll give you the peace and the strength to deal and go through the pain, go through the refiner's fire. And, uh, of course, I think it also makes you hate this world, hate your flesh, and hate the devil. Because you know the Lord hates, you know. He does hate everyone. He says to himself, you know, these are the things that I hate. What are the things that he hates? Uh, he hates, he hates, uh, he hates a proud heart. Okay. He hates a lying tongue. Hates a lying tongue. Yes. Another thing that will make you worry is pride, because, you know, but with more pride you, the more pride you have, you know, in yourself, uh, the more you rely on yourself, the more, the less you need God, and then all of a sudden you set yourself up like, oh, wait, I, I'm not prepared to deal with this. Uh-oh, looks like I need Jesus. Well, yeah, you did it in the first place, but you got proud, you know, and, you know, and you... You let yourself, you know, you know, uh, get puffed up and get in a situation that scares you, and then you're scared because you're proud. And kind of pride is kind of that leads to fear. You know, it leads to well, it leads to all kinds of bad situations. Like my mama said, God rest her soul. You can't put your pride between two pieces two of pieces bread, of bread. for lunch, Johnny. Yeah, I got that written down, dude. <laughs> I'm going to put that into a song. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put that into a song, man. I wrote that down. I said, I'm stealing that from Johnny. I'm going to put it in a song, and I'm going to let him know about it. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I, I saved it. I went, that is the best. Mama said you can't put your pride between some bread and eat it for lunch. <laughs> Mama also so, said, Johnny... Johnny, don't cast your pearls before Four. eggs, before yeah. wine, because they don't know what pearls are, and they they don't even don't know what to do with them. And even if they tried to eat them, they get stuck in their little pig tummies, and they have to have like an operation. And she go on and on. It was a joke with my mama. Yeah, said that Jesus said I got a that. I like that too. Is that one of those things that I think Jesus said, but it really was a, like a secular saying, go cast your pearls before swine? Didn't Jesus think, say that? Well, he probably did that, but he could always cross-reference that verse, though, you know, in Scripture, to see exactly what he means by that. 
which is the wonderful thing about Scripture. It's like you find anything from one Scripture, what does that really mean? You just chase all the other cross-references, and you get the exact context of what Christ said in that verse. Like, uh, that's, but yeah, you know, of course, that Jesus, uh, you know, used the things that people said of that day, but, you know, uh, he's the inventor of it all, except, like I said, what we read before, of course, he's not the inventor, you know, uh, even though they say, uh, what, what do you say in that Westminster Confessions again? They, that's why I'm trying to learn how to memorize these things. It's been the hardest task of, you know, in the decree. What does it say? Do we remember? Uh, and uh, although God knows whatsoever may or may come to pass, also those gifts, yet he has not decreed anything for his son. No, that wasn't it. Uh, he didn't create. Uh, yet as thereby neither is the offer of sin nor is violence uh, offered the will picked out. Like, this is not the author of sin. <clears throat> but, no, uh, no, no. God, no, he is not the author of sin. Yeah, so, yet so as everybody neither is the author of sin, nor is violence offered to the will of the creatures, nor is it liberated by contingency. But, of course, uh, he's not the author of it. I know he created everything. And so all the scenarios, even though he didn't not the author of these things, because it's not in nature, uh, it, of course, evil didn't create sin, and evil didn't create itself. So... Uh, there's more deeper things into that, what that really means. Not to confuse the person out there. That's one you should look up because also the Lord does, he does hate, you know, and that's in his nature. It's, it's a righteous hate, though, because to saying the Lord hates. Indeed, seven are an abomination to him. Now look, that spirit that makes one overestimate himself and underestimate others, a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that manufactures wicked thoughts and plans Feet that are swift in running to evil. <clears throat> Pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I think I've been there before. We've all been there. It's just our, it's our nature, you know, our natures. We were born, like I said, we were born into this world by the fall of one man, you know. Fall of man and sin and the punishment of our first experience being seduced by the suddenly and temptations of Satan. Sin in eating forbidden fruit. This this their sin, God was this their sin, God was pleased, according to his wise and holy counsel, to permit, having proposed to order it to his own glory. There you go. That answered my question. Did you see are you looking at our control panel in here? Did you see who we've got in here with us? Oh, I I'm not I'm paying attention to change what? Yeah, we got White Tiger in here with us. Oh, yeah? When it comes down after reading The Last Judgment, you know, which is the most fascinating, people, you you, you got to look this thing over, at least if you're an Acts 1711 Christian, which is, you know, like the Thessalonians, and not a Thessalonian Christian or that, just a noble one who will search these things out and see if all these things are so, including what me and Johnny are talking about, even if they did that to Paul, and I would never put myself up near there, you know what I mean? But Brand. anything that, you know, but like I said, this site, it's Center for Reformed Theology and Apologetics, which Reformed Theology is original theology. They just, it was formed theology from the apostles. Now they reformed it and they brought it back because it was missing because a church went apostate, which is part of Revelation in the first place, part of our history. So, you know, and there was, 
as Louis Luther called and Calvin called and a lot of the reformers, that the Pope was, he, Jeff Matthews not going to agree with me right now, but that the Pope was the Antichrist. And this is what, not the Protestants, but the reformers. And, uh, but not just that, it was, uh, it was part of that. It was going to be. <laughs> Who was the uh, Jeff Matthews, a little bit, I think. We've had conversations where he, uh, it's, it's I, I wouldn't rather not get into it. Whether we'll keep it, maybe one of these days we'll have to talk Father about it. Martin, Father Martin would agree with you, at least in the in the the new. He had discovered that the that the uh, Luciferians, the uh, the Satan worshippers, had crept into the highest places in the Catholic Church, and yeah. there was really nothing he could do about it. He wrote a song called. He wrote a, a book called Windswept Cows. And he hinted at it, and then in later interviews, just before he died, he talked about how the, the, the Luciferians and the Satanic cults had invaded the Vatican and uh, set up their powers there. And uh, it was just really scary when you think about it, yeah. you know. Well, they did it he so subtly. Very, they did it so subtly, too, though, you know. It was so subtle because, I mean, Luther yeah. wanted to reform the Roman Catholic Church. And uh, maybe Father Martin wouldn't agree, hopefully from the Roman Catholic perspective, that the Church of Rome is is totally different from the Roman Catholic Church. And if, once you realize that, if you yeah. look at the Church of Rome, the one Romans of the Book of Romans is far different, far different from the Roman Catholic Church. And I know, I'm not, you know, like I said, what it's turned into is what Augustine totally rips up. And uh, you have to read Augustine. Uh, and before all the, you know, the monk and the Benedictine orders and the Franciscan orders and, uh, you know, of the ascetics, you know, orders, um, you know, like Brother Lawrence is one that's, uh, who snapped out of it and, uh, he was a Christian mystic, uh, Thomas Aquinas snapped out of it and, uh, actually really got thrown, he was in an order too. And Augustine was in an, basically had an order, but he wasn't, I think that was for his, you know, if you look at his confessions, <laughs> there's some things that he did where, you know, where he's, you have to, you have to study, and you'll, you'll find billion, out. There's a, there's a billion people in the, practically in the modern Catholic Church, and they're not worshiping the devil, you know, they're, they're Christian. No. They're not, there's, there's, like I said, there, there people are called out of that, and that's what the reformers were, and. Like I said, I am not, I, like I said in the beginning, I am non-denominational. I, there's no denomination. Once you become a denomination, you have already become part of the division and part of the problem rather than the solution is to come out of that because, you know, like if a you're church. Believe that if, you, if you're Catholic or somebody, you know, listening right now, if you believe in Jesus, the son of, he's the son of God, I mean, you're a Christian. There's no, there's not, you know, there really isn't no dividing line between you and, and you know, you're in a church that's a, we can argue back and forth about it, but if you believe in Jesus, you're a Christian. No. I mean, these people do believe in that Jesus is the Son of God. We have to acknowledge that. Well, we can say that they believe in the Son of God, but we also got to go to Galatians chapter 1, verse 7. You know, and if you go to that, what does that say about just to make sure that what you believe is so by studying the Scripture and, you know, what you're being taught is so by studying the scripture. That is our responsibility. You know, that's that is true. our condition. That's and, true. I mean, you have and, to go back uh, to the word. Whatever, like I said, church, there's a church in heaven, 
and the church on earth must agree with the church in heaven. And if it does not, then it's not the church of Christ. It, you know, it's not it's not the same gospel. And Paul strictly warned. That's why I, I get really critical on that. It's because of the fact that Galatians 7, this is what was going on. It was already happening. Nicolaitans started happening, and Jesus warned against that and all that practices. And, and if you read what was going on in, in the early church beginnings, oh, you yeah, will see yeah, that. But if you're an individual that if you're an individual that studies the scriptures and you go to the Catholic Church, there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? If uh, you're being called there to call people back to the scriptures, kind of like doing what Luther, you know, felt, you know, not felt but knew he should, he wanted to do is reform the Catholic Church and stop all the stuff. You got to read his writings to understand it. Like read Bondage of the Will. That was the uh, debate with uh, Erasmus, who wrote uh, one of our translations of the New Testament in Latin. Luther, consider, Luther considered himself a hardcore Catholic and yeah. maintained he was, a, he was a proper Catholic. That's what yeah, he maintained. And, and Catholic means uh, universal. It, just, he was, it, would just be, it was more of an adjective than it was a, a noun. You know, right. it was more it, the, the body of Christ means Catholic. You know, if you look it up, Catholic. You know, if you look it up, it's just universal church. It, it's, a, it's not a denomination. It's what the apostles, it was the apostles' church, you know. It was Christ's church, who was the head of the church. Uh, there's no ritual or weird sacrament. And, you know, uh, actually, I say, if you go through the Westminster Confessions, and this is one of the confessions, but this is the one that they all agreed on from all of them, that one, you know, because there's the Oxford Confession, the Heidelberg, and the, the Westminster just put them all together. And, and it's the Apostles' Creed, basically, you know, and the first Apostles' Creed, not the Nicene Creed, or after that, the first one, you know. And that's what it's all based on. And uh, as long as you just hold to the truth, you know, of Scripture, interpreting scripture and making sure that, you know, what you're being taught is so, because that's why these days a, a good church, you know, a good church teaches through the Bible that people get to challenge it, you know, even when they're taught it, especially the home fellowships. Get into a home fellowship. So when you have a Bible study, you can throw questions and talk about these things with scripture, of course, without yeah. arguing. But getting, um, back to, getting back to worry, uh, I just wanted to add another kind of a dimension to the worry, you know. I mean, if you read, uh, I don't have my Bible in front of me because uh, I'm, I'm out in my car so as not to wake the wife. But uh, there, it, there's another section, and I'm not sure where it is. Rick can look it up. But it says um, when they when they capture you and stuff, um, it says, uh, it says uh, don't, don't worry about what you are to say because they will come to you. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. Uh, where is the, you know what I'm talking about? Where, the, where is that? Oh, that's what Jesus. I think it's is that part of Matthew 24. Yeah, I think it is Matthew 24. No, it, and there's also Revelations too when he's talking to the church, but in chapter said, three, uh, two and three, but all four uh, of the gospels. It's in our, all four of the gospels when they come to you and take. Don't worry you, about what you say, for God will give it to you, and, and there's evidence of that in Acts, <laughs> like what Peter did. And that's what that's what when I was a brand new Christian back in 1985, and I was I joined this heavy metal gospel group, and we got wit witnessing, you know, and and I I'd, I'd go talk to Louis, you know, Louis was my mentor. He was an old 
hardcore, I've talked about him before, snake bite Pentecostal, uh, you know, fire breathing out his nostrils and snakes hanging off his arms. He was hardcore, and I had ask Louie, I'd say, you know what, I, I don't know what to say to these people in the street, you know, I mean, I don't really know what to say, and he goes, just let go and, and, and let the Holy Spirit just come through you, because he'll, he'll give you the words to say, and I found out that that was true, you know, I'd stumble around and stuff, and, but, you know, if I just, you know, let the Holy Spirit just talk for me, you know, it would really, it would, it would, it would, it would work better definitely work better. It would be received better because the Word of God, you know, when it comes through you, it it doesn't come back void. It doesn't just bounce off the wall and return nothing. I mean, it's going to make an impression on somebody, whether they're, whether they, or whether you think they're listening now, maybe they're not, but it's going to soak into their subconscious, you know, and it's going to have an effect on them. If not not now, later in life, they're going to remember what you said to them. You know, that's, a, that's another thing. You can go witnessing to somebody, and you think that, and they're pissed at you, and you think that they're going to listen to a word you say, and that you just got totally rejected. Well, you got to remember that the word of God doesn't come back void, and, and especially if you've let the Spirit speak through you, that, that what you said is going to have an effect on them later. It's, they're not going to forget that, you know, it is by the hearing of the word. <laughs> it's going to come back to bite them later. <laughs> so the hearing of the word, like, uh, good works are only such as God commanded in his holy word, and not such as without the word thereof are devised by men out of blind zeal or upon any pretense of good intention. These good works, done obedience to God's commandments, are the fruits and evidence of a true and lively faith. And by them, believers must manifest their thankfulness Strengthen their assurance, edify their brethren, adorn the profession of the gospel, stop the mouth of their adversaries, and glorify God, whose workmanship they are, created in Christ Jesus thereunto, that having their fruit unto holiness, they may have the end eternal life. So, there you go. Just like Johnny says, and, and this is just the... Uh, the technical term, <laughs> as what Johnny was trying to say. God, God does this. He does this through you. The ability to do good works is not at all of themselves, but wholly from the Spirit of Christ. There you go, Johnny. And that they may be enabled thereunto, besides the graces they already received. There is required an actual influence of the same Holy Spirit to work in them to will and to do of His good pleasure, yet they are not hereupon to grow negligent, as if they were not bound to perform any duty unless upon a special motion of the Spirit, but they ought to be diligent in stirring up the grace of God that is in them. And they yeah, and that's a whole other story right there at the end of that. That's a whole yeah. other story. But they who are in obedience attained to the greatest height, which is possibly in this life, are so far from being able to superior gate. Wow, that's a good word. And to do more than God requires, as they fall short of much which in duty they are bound to do. But they, actually, I'm just going to not read the rest because I want to keep it where the context is, what Donnie was saying. So, uh, like I said, yeah, don't worry about you what you're going to say. Way past there. You already went way past my context. <laughs> no, actually, I just added those few, uh, so it'll give you more confidence. But yeah, like I said, I feel... Now I feel convicted. It's like, oh, man, I'm not <laughs> diligent enough. Gonna, no, uh, he, no does the, he does The Spirit does this, but they ought to be diligent in stirring up the grace of God that is in them. You do. 
it's a special motion of the spirit. They already said that, as if they were not bound to perform any duty, unless upon a special motion of the spirit. But they ought to yeah, do Yeah, that's... And, I mean, it's a good, that. Yeah, and it goes on and on. That's in the uh, chapter... Um, let's see. Let's see, oh yeah, of good works. It's chapter 16. So... Uh, like I said, I go through. I love. I love these confessions. I think they're so wonderful. Just because they just they with scripture they confirm. Uh, they just they show you the foundation of everything. Like like I said, in the worry. But all in all, with our show on worry, that we could, you know, if you're worried about the end times, you're worried about this futurism and the end times madness. I call it, and you're all so concerned of. But don't. Get away from, you know, get away from it and go back to the doctrine. Get back in the confidence of the Lord. Get, understand that he's sitting on his throne of mercy right now with us. And that whatever comes our way, he is with us no matter what. And whatever we stand there, if we stand before the magistrates or the political uh, uh, evil, wicked people of our day, or if these things happen where we are ushered into a FEMA camp, if that is the case, or... It's like, just know that the Lord is in you. And whatever you're going to go through, don't worry. Count your life. Let's say, he who loses his life. You know? And that can be a huge witnessing experience if you're in that position. He who loses his life for my sake will gain it. Amen. Like John Piper says, it is gain. I gain life if I lose my life in this world. And Paul says that. Yeah, and that's my life is gain. Yeah, for me to die is Christ. Yep. Yeah, and it's not I who live, but Christ who lives within me. So if you know, to die is gain. And what he thought, I'll be, I'll, I'll gain, not lose. I won't lose anything when I die. I'll gain. Like you know, the book of the book of Revelation is a blessing. It's just part of the gospel. It is the it is not to be looked at as a negative oh Nostradamus, oh my god, doom and all that stuff. That is not that book at all. That book is to show you the glory of heaven and the glory of God. And Psalm one explains the whole thing to you. Exactly. If you look at Psalm you know what? You know what you're gonna go through. You probably are gonna go through some tough times. You know, Except if it's really if we really are near the end of the age. Yeah, you are. You're gonna go through some tough times. I mean, really tough times. But you know what? It's gonna be over, and then you're gonna be in heaven with Jesus. The stuff is the stuff on earth is temporal. That means it's uh, temporary. It doesn't last that long. You know how long you guys. I don't know. You need a year listening. You're in your thirties and forties. You know how quick life's gone by so far. Life's short. And yeah. Those, and the good times are really short, and the bad times are short, too. You know? Again, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. No. You need to persevere. Rewarded. So that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. That's Hebrews chapter 10, 35 through 36. So all in all, worry... Do not be anxious about tomorrow. Don't be anxious about your end time thing. Don't be stressed about anything. Live your life in Christ. Do the will of the Father. 
do all the things that you heard, if you got to, uh, you know, uh, rewind and listen back, listen to some of these decrees, listen to some of these, the confessions of our faith, which should boost your encouragement and edify you to realize that you're new creature in Christ. Whatever happens your way, who cares? This world is passing away. Everything in it, it's going to be gone. It's going to the refiner's fire. It is burning. It, like we say, this world is passing away quickly. It's going, you know. But you and I, who are in Christ, we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to worry about. And we will not pass away. We'll not yeah. pass away. We won't pass away. And of course, I'm speaking now. It's I'm speaking like, yeah, I want to go through things. And you know what? I'm probably going to fall short of these things as well. But praise God that he lives in me. And then when I do fall short, guess what? What does that last decree say? That the Spirit in us will, at the right time, boost our confidence in him once again. Because we do lack it. And we need to go, okay, Father, help. You know? Help. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get on my knees. We're in this situation. situations. Let's call on Jesus. Yeah, always. Oh, and he'll come and help you when you're scared. All the time. And in this moment, no. it's like, why? And go, Lord, restore. It's like tinkering. Restore the lamp of my first love that burns with holy fear, the good, the good, you know? Restore me, O oh Lord, you know? Uh, you know, in my work, the worst. The worst times of my life, I've been down and really scared before. I don't know, a lot of you guys live in sheltered lives. I don't know if you know what it's like to be really out on the streets and really scared, scared for your life. And, you know, I've called on Jesus, and he's just come and, and ministered to to me and, 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 and taken away my fear, you know. And the confidence. Uh, what's the, what's the confidence things, you have? Yeah, that's a lot of the thing. That's a lot of the thing that the thing. The big part of what people are missing out on, Christians are missing out on, is that when you're scared, call on Jesus. I mean, he should be the first one you run to. You know, the Bible. The Bible says to to cry to the Lord every day. You know, what do we what do we do? We cry to each other. You know, we're scared about things, so we tell our wives, we tell our friends. Jesus expects us to tell him. Tell him what's bothering us, what's scaring us, you know. Even though he already knows. Yeah, you know? we tell him. No, yeah, but, but he him anyway. He, asked, no, he already knows what you have to ask, but you know what? Well, you got to ask it anyway. Yeah. Why not? You have a relationship with him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, being a Christian isn't isn't being part of some religion. It's having a relationship with Jesus, you know, and being friends with Jesus. You know, and I, I can't think of a better friend, you know, that has gone with me in a lot of hard times. You know, I, I'd rather hang around with Jesus than just about anybody, really. And one, one thing that Jesus promised, and it's 100% fact, he said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. No matter what situation you're in, what affliction, what temptation, what tribulation, what horrible experience you're going through, uh, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And you got to imagine, also, he know he's, he's a God that went through and knows what you're exactly going through and has been there. Oh, yeah. And take, so, and you there you go. 
maybe you've gone against the will of God and you've done something you've done something you shouldn't and all of a sudden you find yourself in a really scary spot. You still call on Jesus, you know, because he already knew what you were going to do before you did it, you know. You know, there you go. He, you know, uh, you, you're wrong to do it in the first place, but I don't care. If you're already there and you're scared, call on Jesus, you know. It's like me one time I took 20 hits of acid. I thought I was going to die. Back about 1987, I called on Jesus, please help me. I'm so sorry. I took that ass. I don't think I'm going to die, Jesus. Please go and help me. I think we've all done I think I've done that, too, on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, scary. You, can, you want to talk about scary. Take, take some of those hallucinogens, man. You're really scared. I mean, you want to talk about that's actually Here. sorcery. That's sorcery. We're being, we got, oh man, I got into sorcery. Dang it. Yeah. You know? That's all sorcery. And, and, you know, of course, look what that, you know, the things that God allows when you do that. And He saved yeah. us through it. Look, He saved That's us through right. it. You know, some people die through that stuff and He oh, goes, okay, it's their time. You and you know what? He spared me and Johnny from a lot oh, of yeah. There's the other amazing thing. The other thing is, why did I, why didn't God let me be reprobate and perish? You know, True. and of course it's not why. I was, it, I was like God. But don't don't try this at home, people, because you know you yeah. step outside the will of God when you do that. But even if you yeah. do, I'm saying even if you do, call on Jesus. Don't be trying to call on anything else. If you're in that situation, call on Jesus, because even though you've screwed up, He's still going to be there for you. You know, he's going to be mad at you, but he's still... <laughs> yeah, he's going to love you and you. say, you know what he said to me when I was on the, in the middle of my living room, that one, the final day I considered God broke my hip, I call it, uh, you know, you can look that up according to Jacob, wrestling with the angel, but uh, wrestling with the Lord, actually. Angel, uh, with the Lord. The, the pre-incarnate Christ, yes, I totally believe that. And God broke my hip spiritually. He had you in full Nelson. I was in the middle of, you know, uh, middle of my, you know, alcohol intoxication and and being on crystal meth and and whatever else that I could put in my body. But it was, I, you know, I was screaming at the Lord how much I hated them and, uh, really? what the, you know, and cursing at him and what. What the hell you want from me, Lord? You know, as if that extreme. Uh, you can imagine the, compared to you. Well, yeah, come on, you know, at that very <laughs> day. Just, yeah, I know. Sorry. It's part of my uh, testimony. Keep going. Keep going. And, Keep going. Uh, as I was wrecking my house and uh, wow. all these things, Louie can testify to this. She knows about about this little what I was going through. She was there. Uh, um. In the middle of that moment, I, I, I don't remember. But all I remember is I passed out. On, I, I guess I passed out on the floor. And I wasn't very heavily intoxicated because none of it was really working. But I had all that crap in me, you know, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, you resistance all that. But I woke up with how remembering God telling me how much he loves me. How much I am His, and He woke up with, and I had the the song I had in my head, uh, in my heart, that it was by Keith Green, by the way. It, when you know, 
when I first got saved at 14, when I first met the Lord, and really, I could say I got saved then, but it took me a long time to be, you know, to be truly walking with him, uh, that he chose me on that day. And uh, I went through that thing. It took me till I was, I mean, I'm telling everybody that's young, don't wait till you're 35, where you wasted most of your life, except, you know, and have to come to this moment. It doesn't have to be like that. But No, you don't have to put yourself through In that. the midst of all that, God called me out, and from that day, he showed me Ezekiel chapter 36 from 21 to, I guess, to 33 to the end. And he put a new spirit in me right there, and then I he took all my addiction away that day. Well, it took actually a week for it to be fully done because I was, like, still wanting to, you know, and not not, but he took away all that addiction, and then one, I have, you know, that was it. But that's saying what God did is he called me out of it and showed me how sovereign and who he really was, that my life was in his hand, no matter what I screamed and yelled at him like I did, and how I felt about him. Uh, the amazing part of that testimony is what he put back into me. You know, I was still a knowledgeable person, but... Uh, he could do that for you at this moment. If you've been experimenting with that, if you are a tweaker and you're listening to this, if you are a heroin addict and you're listening to our, we hope that you listen to me and Johnny. We've been, you know, we're guys who've been in the foxhole, you know. Yeah, we probably and haven't done anything. You, we haven't, you haven't done anything that we haven't done, probably. No. Oh. And uh, we've been there. We've been with the bullets hitting over our heads, so to speak, spiritually. God could have taken our lives just like that, and we deserve every bit of hell and fire. And God did not need to respond to me, to somebody that is cursing him and hating him with a passion. How much, how much love is that, you know? And then God didn't give me a retrobate mind. But no. he turned me around and said, no, I love you. And Jesus said this to me. I love you, Richard. I love you, Johnny. I love you, addict right now, person that doesn't know Christ. The, the party, the one who's refusing to believe, the one thing that thinks we're nuts, the one that is gay right now is homosexual, the one that is, you know, all, as like, I, I went through this speech again on, on previous shows. I really strike this home to all of you that, you know, yeah, you, wanna, you know, we we don't really want to, I, I, I don't know about Richard, but I don't really want to preach to the Christians as much. Cause I want to preach to you people out in the, in the world, out, you know, you guys out, you radical boys and girls, you know, that's who I want to reach, you know. I want to tell you about Jesus and tell you, all you got to do is right now just say, I believe that you're the Son of God and I believe you died for my sins and I'm going to invite you into my heart right now. I mean, that's it. I just want to reach out to you people. You know, and, you know, in the world. all you have to do is turn and repent. I write it on my blogs all the time. Johnny, uh, if he starts writing a blog or whatever he's doing in his daily life, he feels the same way. You can turn from that. You know you're not. You're not, you know, you're not enjoying your life. You're not, it's not all fun again. Inside, you know that you're, you're dead. That you're not really living. You don't have life. You're in that death cycle, and it continues to repeat itself over and over again, and you expect different results. We all know what it feels like when the party's over, and you're coming off, down off the stuff. The party is always know, over. 
party's always over. But you know what that feeling is when you're coming down off the stuff, and that's that's where you're at. That's your that's your spiritual condition. You can feel it. You might not know. You know what I'm talking about out there. You know what that feeling is. That's your spiritual condition. You're dead. You were born you with Jesus. Jesus. You're born dead. And you need Jesus for life. You have no other choice. The Buddha won't get you there. You know. Uh, Krishna won't get you there. Krishna won't get you there. Going to confession to a Roman Catholic church, I mean, in that fake way, won't get you there. You know? There aren't many paths that lead to the same God. That's a lie. It's only Jesus. High faith. Muslims doing five times a day prayer thinking that you're gonna you're achieving Allah's favor. God you, there's nothing you can do. No you, know what you can do? This is what you do. Help me, Lord. And he will listen. He will reveal himself in a way that you won't believe. What he did to me, I can't it wasn't spectacular. It was probably a, a really small little thing. But in my life it was such an impact, you know, that I'm here now. You know, these last five years has been, I've never, like I said, these last five years has been different. I mean, been more than anywhere else throughout the rest of my life. And I'm telling you what, it is all real. It is, it's not, you know, a figment of my imagination, nothing that I could, I could drum up. Because I'm king of, uh, of skepticism, I think. I, you know, I, analyze everything, but this I can't. This is all real. It's, you know, and you have that opportunity just to, you know, I just persuade you just to step out, take a chance, open up the book, read. Yep. Go, go find a gospel. If you're feeling in that low moment, Johnny, what he said earlier, is just as well, Lord, but you got to mean it. You yeah, really got to mean it. You gotta If you don't believe, if you don't believe, ask God to help you to believe, because He'll do that too. Exactly. You know. Just say, I would like to know if this is real. Exactly. And that's God what I prove Himself to you. You know, you're not supposed to test the Lord, your God. Are you really you're out there freaking the world, real? Yes, yeah, you're not really believing, and you're like, oh, man, how can I believe in this guy? God help me to believe. I'm telling you what, it's going to happen. God will show himself that. in ways, in so such ways, you know, and if you're expecting some huge, you yeah, know, God. There's a yeah, saying in Ezekiel. Oh, no. It's in, uh, I guess, First uh, Kings, I think, either chapter 17 through and there was Ezekiel was standing in a cave, and he's a prophet. I think Ezekiel, Elijah, probably Elijah was uh, in a cave, and the Lord showed the thunder, but the Lord was not in the thunder. The Lord showed, actually, he showed you all these things of nature, and the Lord wasn't in it, but he's in this still voice, and he asked Elijah, you know, basically, what's up? <laughs> what's up? What's up, Elijah? <laughs> you know? Uh, Dude, help me, help me on this. My wife was telling me about this one deal where uh, there, uh, the, the the Hebrews were up against this brutal army, and there's only there was only you know a few hundred, or you know, and there's like twenty thousand of the enemy there, and and uh, God allowed him to see the army that of uh, the army. Oh, that was, that was uh, Elisha and his servant. 
Yeah. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. And then he wasn't scared anymore. God allowed him for just a few moments to see God, the army that God had, and the invisible army that God had all around to help the fight, help him fight the battle. And he like he was like, whoa! And he wasn't scared anymore. You know, that's what you know. That's what God. That's got an army, you know, for you out there too. You know. Yeah, it's an amazing army to fight on your behalf. And Jesus said, if, if you know, if I if I wanted to, if I didn't want to die here for you people, I could. You don't think I could call on a thousand million heavenly hosts to come down and rescue me? Go ahead. Yeah, Jesus said that. I didn't say it, you know, properly, but he said that. He said, if I didn't want to die here, don't you think I could call on... Call oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Call on all the heavenly hosts to come down here and rescue me from you? And he said that too, but he chose not to. He chose to die for you, sinner. You know, and that was a brutal death. Jesus wasn't a person that was just nailed to a cross. Jesus was a piece of hamburger that was nailed to a cross. That's what he was. And, you know, I mean, they made, they tried to make a movie to see how really bad he was. It wasn't, he was, that was gentle compared to the way it really was. We can't even imagine what he looked like. But I think we're going to be, we're going to see it. We're going to see, in Revelation, it says we're going to see the slain lamb. Yeah, you don't even. We're really going to see it. I mean, we've been told about it for how bad it was. We can imagine it, but just. That day, I, I know, you know, this is like, I, I'm so glad that they made that movie because I cried during that movie. I really oh, I cried. Know, me too. I never really felt like, And it, a lot of some people had a hard time with that movie. Some of the, you know, pompous uh, author Christians, you know, oh, that's those Catholic. It was all that stuff. I feel like, I said, it doesn't matter. It was, it was, God, look what, it was to show what Christ, this, this man, and what he said in the movie was profound. Mother, look what I do. Behold, all things are, you know, are becoming new. And no matter if they didn't show that Jesus had brothers or anything else like that, it doesn't matter. Look what he was saying. Look at what he did. And, yeah, uh, how much can you show in a two-hour movie, really? I mean, he got the basic, he got the gist of it, that's for sure. Yeah, and no. what, he got to see that if he, you know, that he, you know, he didn't bow down, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, go rent that movie out there. You know, you people listen. Go rent The Passion of the Christ and watch it. I mean, it's pretty good insight into, you know, who Jesus was and everything. He was handy, man. That's what he did for a living. I mean, it showed that. And, you know, and, and, it, and it really showed the reason he was persecuted, you know, uh, the reason he was, the reason he was crucified was he said he was God. And, and the, the Jews, they couldn't handle it. The, the Jewish rulers, they were like, it was blasphemy. It was pretty, you know, it was pretty gnarly God. in that movie. It was really oh. gnarly in that movie. And, uh, but, you I know, that's the way Jesus was, too. I think Jesus was big and strong and. Kind of, you know, man. Oh, I don't think he was. I don't think he was a little wimpy guy. Yeah, he was. An, if he was a carpenter, man, I mean, he had to be, you know, pretty. You know, that's back hard then, work, he man. Had to be strong to be a carpenter back then. Cause you had to lift all those big old beams and, and cut know, down trees. <laughs> yeah, and all kinds of beams. There was no buzz saws back then, and you pulled down a tree and knocked a beam out of it with an axe. You know, a dull axe. 
Yeah, I was talking about First Kings nineteen uh, verses uh, uh, nine to uh, twenty one. If anybody wants to know about seeing the voice of God, but all in all, people, we come down to this: to the Christian, do not worry. You know, do not worry. Do not be anxious about tomorrow. As we come back to the verse. For tomorrow will have worries and anxieties of his own, sufficient for each day is his own trouble. So, you know. Bad enough without you worrying about it and making it worse. And worrying about the end time. It's good. It's, it's okay to look at those things and study them. I have a picture in front of my, my face every day I look when I'm on the computer. And it basically shows the crosses and bridge into the Holy Land over the flames of fire. And then those that are going down into it, the whole, the broad way, and this is the narrow way. And, uh, there's nothing in this life that, there's nothing to even worry about. You have Christ. And whatever is to occur is going to occur. And you just be prepared. And you just live. Yeah, you, and be a doer of the word. Be what waits. If you can see what waits for you in the next life, you wouldn't even worry about anything. God doesn't even want you to see them because you'd give up. If you saw what was waiting for you, you'd just give up. God doesn't want you to see that yet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'd be like, I, I give up. I just want to die right yeah. now. And, and all you know, these things, can't... movies, UFOs, whatever. You know, I just stay in the word. UFO. How, how did the aliens creep into this conversation? Are they, did they have to you, Rick? I think so. So, doesn't say I'm wrong though. Okay, anyway. Don't go along here. All of a sudden, the aliens, all of a sudden, the aliens are up there. Like, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Oh, jeez. Aliens. Okay, anyway. Um, how do you know? Nanu, nanu. Live long and prosper. Spock was bad. Yeah. I love Spock. He was cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. me too. I like yeah. Star Trek and I liked, uh, oh, I love Star Wars. I always like Star Wars. And, uh, the yeah, that's uh, I, I love sci-fi. I, I just know Peter it, Good that's game. what it is. There's this some Peter Good game that, some Peter Good game that there's this interview that he did with Dr. Future that's like two hours long. And I told him that I could recite it word for word just like I could recite an old Star Trek episode. <laughs> Oh man! I don't know how much of a compliment that was to him, but uh, yeah. that's true. I could, I could, I could do that. And, yeah, you know, I don't know about you, Trekkies out there. Probably, I don't know, Rick. Can you recite some of those old Star Trek episodes? Can you like go right along word for word of what with what they're saying on those old episodes? I can. <laughs> well, I don't know. Here we go, guys. Um, Okay, um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, we got off, we got off, we go off on tangents sometimes, I don't tell you what. Uh, that's what talk show, talk show's all about. I don't think on radio we could actually really go this far, because we, we'll have, and do the commercial. And, you know, I gotta sell a soft drink, like, you know. Not only that, but we're like way, way over. Yeah. On time, on time. We're like so way this, over. Yeah. We always do this. And it goes just through the editing. <laughs> Peter Make Goodgame, it come back into context. Peter Game wrote me an email the other day, and he said, well, I'm listening to your second show, and I'm about an hour and a half into it, and I think I only have, like, six hours to go. 
<laughs> yeah, we got we got to learn how to narrow it down. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So we got most of the points in there that you know, even if you got to shift some things around, there's yeah, some one, yeah. wonderful edit things that you can do. But anyway. Yeah. So let's to get back on topic. Uh, as I did a little study on it. Uh, so again. This is not the way a Christian should live. We should never be worried about anything. We should have the confidence in Christ that these things, like John sixteen thirty three, like I read in the beginning, these things are spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will shout in tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And you can live right that, like that right now, learning how to, striving after being satisfied in God alone. In Christ Jesus, you know, God is most glorified when you are most satisfied in Him, which was the quote that John Piper usually says, and I think that was, uh, it comes down to Augustine saying it and Jonathan Edwards, is that that's it, because we're going to be satisfied in God forever. Let's try to learn how to live in it now, regardless of everything else. And in the present time, I need to learn how to. Yeah. I need to learn how to do that. Sometimes I'm more satisfied in a Big Mac and a large fries and a Coke than I am in Jesus. I mean, uh, I need to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you always have your Big Mac attack, and Jesus, you, you're always satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can satisfy you'll be hungry later, but Jesus won't leave you hungry. No. So. As the goofiness of this conversation, uh, just remember all the things, you know, as hopefully, Johnny, that you even added this, but as all these things that we, we've talked about tonight and the tangents that we go off through that, that I pray that you all were encouraged and that you're edified and that it will help you through your next day, at least, or through your week and, uh, when you're living your life in Christ, that when you're in the work field or you're in school or you're in grammar school or, or if you're in, uh, you know, high school, everywhere, uh, wherever you're at and whatever you're doing for that day, that Christ is in you, that you're encouraged and you're motivated by the Spirit, as it said, you know, that you're just ready and willing at any given time, you'll know, and uh, that you have all the confidence in the world. In Christ, that you just have that confidence. That confidence is in you. And when you're when you're scared, when you're out there and you're scared, you're worried. Take it to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I'm scared. You know, please come minister to me. Uh, take this fear from me. You know what to do with it. I don't know how to handle it. You know, you you know what to do with it. Take it from me. You know, call on Jesus when you're scared. Don't don't go calling on a on a on a counselor or a or a, or a, you know, or a psychologist, or your mama, call, go to Jesus. Tell him you're scared. Yeah. And then, you know, and then God will bring you to the right Christian that knows exactly what you're going through. You know? Sure, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you can go to, I'm saying, yeah, you can go to people yeah, and everything. Yeah, you go to Jesus alone. Go to Jesus now. first. Go to Jesus first. Tell him you're scared. And, yeah, Jesus might lead you to somebody you know, or do this or do that. But, you know, if you got a problem, go to Jesus first. Ask him. Tell him, I'm scared, you know. Help me out here. Yeah. He's not going to ignore you. He never ignored any of his apostles, and look what they were able to do. And just continue studying the word, and look at the confidence of uh, our brothers before us, especially like Paul 
And uh, oh yeah, Paul said Paul cried out to Jesus three times. You know, said I've got this thorn in my flesh. We don't know what that was. There's something that was bothering. Whether it was a spiritual thing, whether it was fear, whether it was actually like physical pain. We don't know what it was. But Jesus said, "My grace is sufficient for you." And, and that means that, and that meant that you know Jesus was 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 able to take care of that problem for him. His grace was sufficient for Paul. It was enough for Paul. And here we go. Jesus, you know, had the answer for him. Yeah, and it's like I said, when it comes back, he says sufficient, brings us back. Don't worry or be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will have worries and anxiety of its own. Sufficient for each day is its own trouble. And that's where his grace. And his grace is sufficient for you. And that's all you really need. You know, His grace, because you have Christ in you. And uh, uh, don't live in stress of what's happening tomorrow, or whatever, uh, a tribulation period or a personal tribulation period is going to come, because it's going to come, and it's going to come daily. And sometimes it might, but there'll be a season for it. There's nothing new under the sun. You know, no, we have seasons. No. We have seasons of good and we have seasons of bad. But all these things rejoice because this world is quickly passing away. And uh, it's, you know, it's hard to understand in those times. But that's when you know that Christ is closer to you. You know he seems silent. And uh, you could read all, like, especially in Elijah's life, if you read from... First uh, Kings 17 to the end of the book on Elijah's life, you can see what he went through and see exactly what he went through. And James uh, recommended him in the book of James of to look at him and what he's went through and uh, how he did worry about tomorrow and uh, what the Lord said to him in counsel domain. So just to remember this, just remember all these things. Just enjoy being in Christ now. And these things that are to come, they're going to come. But just know that just grow in the Lord. Just continue to be watered, fertilized, and nurtured, and, and let God tend to you. And continue to do that, to break you down to uh, those things. Those things are more important than worrying about eschatology and, the, and these other things, or unnecessary things. Just like it says, do not none of these things. And, of course... Me and Johnny know full and well that we might fall short of these things too, but uh, encourage one another. Grasp on. Don't don't neglect the body. Get in with your you know your church or your, or your home fellowships and confess to one another of everything. Lift each other yeah. up. Lift each other yeah, up. Lift each other, each other up. Yeah, and that's all you need to do. And uh, you know, and continue just to grow in it. And don't let, nothing can rob you of your joy, but. You know, nothing can. Nothing should, and it won't. Even if you're getting beaten, look at the, take the martyrs, for instance. Go study the martyrs, and look at their courage. The Fox's Book of Martyrs, pick up one of those. You know, or another one, it's the same, it's called the Encyclopedia of Christian Martyrs. Man, just read the the encouraging things that came out of their mouths before their death, when they were being set on fire. Those are people that had a reason to be scared. And they weren't. They were noble. They were thing. 
And if you read those stories, like I, that's what I, I, I turned to a, a, a long time ago, five years ago. That's what God introduced me to, is to read the martyrs and understand. And I went, wow, now these are Christians. These, are the, Christians. these are the true ones. Really and I, I want to be like them. And, yeah. uh, I'm a plastic Christian compared to them. And that's why I study what I study. Like the Puritans, they were real people. Uh, Luther was real because he was a, he was persecuted and almost put to death. There was people who were put to death. Uh, John Calvin was, a, oh, yeah. you know, he was uh, had to escape France from the Roman Catholic Church, you know. Uh, and then you go back, you know, Augustine was luckily he didn't have to go through that. But before Augustine, Augustine wrote about all the people, Irenaeus, Hippolytus. Uh, you read about these martyrs, but. Hey, people today, people today, you're worried about end times and the government coming to get you and stuff. You know, I'm going to sit on an iron chair like our forefathers, our forefather martyrs did. You know what the iron chair was, Rick? Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. With the wood, it was a chair that had a wood stove built into it. They'd strap you to that chair, which was a wood stove, and build a big old fire in there, and you'd just sizzle. And a lot of martyrs died that way. You're not going to die that way. The worst that's going to happen to you is the guillotine, and that's a quick death. That's a quick, quick death. So that's not even anything to worry about there. No. Yeah. So anyway, all, 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 all this. <laughs> did I throw a bottle? What did I do? Did I, did I mess that up? I don't know, but I vomited in my mouth. I'm kidding. <laughs> It is Dave's good. Okay. I'm just joking. All right. Okay, well, no, I've already messed that up. Let me close this out. Wait a minute. One more thing. Remember the, remember the Inquisition and all the Christians that oh, were yeah. put to death by the RCC. Oh, yeah. And uh, there were Christians in that that believed the gospel, and they were burned and, and, and tortured for believing in the gospel and, yeah. uh, and having the copy of the scriptures. And, uh, That's not going to happen to you, modern Christian. It, you know, like they that. want to do that, but uh, who knows what's going to happen. We don't know. We don't know if it's going to be the year 3000 when all this thing happens. See, there's no there's no set of feasts. There's no oh. there's no systematic date setting or, or, or you know, there's just theories out there. And you're we all did, we lived, are you going to die of old age in your sleep and go to Jesus? I mean, that's the, that's the probability. Yeah, and, you know, and it's like... Um, you know, that's so live today. Live today. Live that's in the present now. Live yeah, why even focus now. on that kind of stuff? And if you and if you like, I said, but if you like to study eschatology, I do. I love still looking at things and Me too. bringing about it. It's fascinating. Yeah. But those they don't rule my life, and it's like, oh, is this to come? And when they say watch, I'm just watching for Christ coming, regardless of if they have. You know, there's many antichrists. Even Peter Goodkin, like the king of eschatology, you know, like he told you before, he said, you know, nowadays, Johnny, I, don't, I could care less about the antichrist, you know, because I just want to be in the spirit and be involved in my healing ministries, you know. And, uh, yeah. Here and, and now. That's what you need to be doing. And my buddy Jeff uh, Matthew has his book out, like I, I plugged in the beginning, uh, Prophecy Code 2, and, and, uh, when you get a chance to look at that, you can go to his website. I think I'll put his website on our Iron Show, and I'll give it, you know, we'll put it on our Iron Show. So you can look at that perspective, another perspective. And uh, it's good to know all of them, even the post-millennial. Yeah, 
don't adhere to one. I'm premillennialism. I'm postmillennialism. I'm amillennialism. I'm a preterist. I'm a what? I'm a what? No, 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 no. Read it all. Just read it all. Forget about the arguments. Look at the whole thing and see the ideas. Yeah, there is one that's gonna that's gonna take place. But like I said, the most obvious is in the scripture, and just read it all with scripture. And Jesus, Jesus said, "I'll come at a time when you think not." I mean, that kind of sums that, it up. That's that's, yeah. So, and uh, that's, that's why I, when you think, think not, when you don't expect it. So, when we, you know, so just the, do what, Jesus has do his what, own eschatology, yeah. and that's the real one. And do what your, your new nature tells you to do, which is Christ in yeah. And follow that. And uh, don't harden your hearts when it comes to Scripture. And don't continue to keep in your mind... You're thinking, you know, because it's not what you think. It's not what you think or your imagination or your opinion of what Scripture says. Scripture speaks for itself alone. It doesn't need me or anybody to defend it or to interpret it. It speaks clearly. And you just let it speak clearly and don't harden your hearts. That's all I really have to say about that. And don't worry. You know, don't be worry. happy. Be, don't, don't worry. Be worry. Let me close out tonight's session with another Compton analogy, and that is, Christian, don't be scared. But if you if you ain't no Christian, you better be scared, white boy. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie, don't make me go take off my belt. No. <laughs> it's like no more Compton analogies, please. All right. And, and I'm saying, you right, guys, so everyone, God bless you. And stay in the Lord and, uh, and keep your confidence in Him and uh, continue to be noble. Acts 17.11, look that up and make sure that while well, we talk about that these things are so. Yeah. Yeah, God check it out for yourself. Don't listen to us. Check it out for yourself. But so, thank you for listening close. anyway. Yeah, thanks for listening to the Iron Show. Thanks really for sticking in there. It. I know you guys were thinking about halfway through this. You only have another 16 hours to go. But all good things must come to an end. And the Iron Show is closing. We have the Iron Show closing out here now. And we we close it in a special way, don't we, Rick? Yeah, we don't like to say goodbye. <laughs> no, we never do. And that's part of the look part of why these shows are so long. We're going to try to cut them down. We're, we're going to try to cut them down to around an hour, hour and a half. But anyway, now on. close out the show. We'll do our, yeah, hour. Hour is reasonable. Anyway, to close out the show now, what we always like to do is we just say one, two, three, goodbye. And when it's goodbye, uh, it's over. And now, you remember, now remember this, Rick. Now, when I say goodbye, when we say one, two, three, goodbye, it's over. You're going to remember that, aren't you? I'll try. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. One, two, two, three. three. Goodbye. Goodbye. You just you don't get it, Rick. I just, I just got done explaining it to you. I mean, please. One, two, three. Goodbye. Goodbye. He's still sucking your thumb. <laughs>